0: What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And I am doing this pod Han style. Yes, that's right, everyone. I am doing this podcast solo this week. So uh, there's nothing else to say other than let's get going. What's going on, everyone? I am Andrew Wright, your host. That's right, you guys heard it here. I am doing this podcast solo, uh, Han Solo, if you will. <laughs> uh, that is a stupid Star Wars pun, and I am very sorry. But uh, yes, you have to deal with me and only me. So the person who talks a ton during uh, Drew Code when Cody is here, of course, I am going to be talking even more now uh, that Cody is not here. So I am very sorry for that, but... Listen, I'm going to try and keep everything short and sweet. You know how I try to do it and it never ends up that way. So, uh I guess you're you're going to have to kind of get over it. Um uh, unfortunately, Cody is not here this week. Um he is dealing with severe tiredness. <laughs> he is definitely definitely uh very tired. He has been working very hard where he is at. Um you know, obviously COVID is hitting hard uh for everyone, uh whether it be Um, You know, your family uh, over at work uh, or maybe just in general, your city, Um, you know, uh, and Cody is kind of starting to feel some effects. (laughs) Not that he is uh, testing uh, you know, positive or anything like that. But, uh, you know, he is dealing with uh, co-workers who may have been exposed. And so he has to uh, take over their shift. So, uh, you know, if if you are a person who prays, if you're a person who meditates, if you uh, just want to send out good vibes, uh, please send them your way to Cody. Uh, you know, he definitely needs it. He's definitely drained. So, uh, you know, Cody, hey, man, we're we're definitely thinking about you and and hope uh hope you're you're doing better. So all right, guys. Well, I don't think there's any other thing to say other than let's get going. Uh we had a huge week in the uh Raiders football game. Uh boy, oh boy. The Las Vegas Raiders almost gave the New York Jets their first win of the season. Um I don't know if you're like me. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch the entirety of of the game. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would say I watched about 70% of the game. Um, you know, in the first quarter, the Raiders defense looked fairly decent. They didn't seem like they were giving up a lot. Um, you know, in the, in the very first drive, it looked like they were doing well, but, uh, you know, the jets ended up, uh, going down the field and, uh, you know, for a while, it looked really good. They were they were getting to Darnold real, real early, uh, but they kind of gave it up after a while. And unfortunately, Crowder got a uh, touchdown in the uh, first quarter. Uh, and then later, uh, just before the end of the first quarter, uh, the Raiders did end up tying the game. So, you know, there was good news and bad news there. Um, bad news first, I think we need to start with. The defense looked terrible. Defense looked absolutely horrible, and we made Sam Darnold and the Jets offense look like they were, you know, the Chiefs offense, which is saying something because we were dominating the Chiefs defense, uh, excuse me, offense, not dominating, but we were doing a good job against them, and now we're going against the Jets, who Sam Darnold is their quarterback, who many say is already a bust. Um, also you had Jameson Crowder who just was the go-to guy. I mean, every single play, it seemed like it was to Crowder. Uh, Mims had a nice game. Um, you couldn't, you know, Paraman had a couple of catches here and there. So there was a lot to like if you're a Jets fan, if you're a Raiders fan, you're furious. This was not a game that we should have had to win it at the very end. And, and we'll talk about that play in a moment. But what was very very frustrating was it wasn't even really penalties or turnovers um you know last uh, last week we were talking about uh, how the Raiders had eleven penalties, and that's ultimately what lost them the game but not only that we also had a what five total turnovers against the Falcons. And it was a it was uncharacteristic. <laughs> let me try that again. um you know, game for the Raiders, and and in, especially Derek Carr, who we were talking about possibly uh, MVP uh, votes. But now you look at this game, and Derek Carr, kind of, in, in my opinion. Um, I think Derek Carr really came back to life in this game. I think he did extremely well. And it also didn't help Carr that the running game was a no-show. I mean, yes, we didn't have Josh Jacobs. So you can make the argument, well, Jacobs wasn't there. You know, we weren't expecting it was going to be great. But Devontae Booker is not a guy who is just uh, a nobody. Is someone that, you know, eh, he, he does okay. He's not that great. You know, you, you would never say that about Devontae Booker. You you would look at Devontae Booker and say, you know, this guy he is a viable, a viable backup running back, and he has been nothing but a a spark starter for the Raiders when Josh Jacobs is kind of having uh, trouble getting the ball going. Booker was was not very good. Um, you know, I would I would argue that you know. I wanted to see Richard a little bit more, but only, he only had four carries. Devontae Booker had 16 uh, carries, 50 yards. He had an average of 3.1 yards per carry. Um, you know, Carr threw the ball 47 times. 47 times, folks. Um, that is not Raider winning football. I love Derek Carr. Um, he is a quarterback that I'm so happy that we have on our team, but. The fact of the matter is Derek Carr is not the quarterback that you want throwing 47 times as much as you like, as much as we like him. And as much as I like him, um, Derek Carr uh, doesn't thrive when he is, excuse me, when he is uh, throwing the ball 47 times, he is a guy who is a lot better, a lot better when he is incorporating the run game, you know, and We could, we could make a lot of arguments that it wasn't, it still wasn't Carr's best game. No, I, I wouldn't argue that at all. I think, I think Derek Carr could have been better. There's no question. Uh, you know, he did throw an interception. Um, you know, that was kind of, that was on rugs. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. He dropped the football and unfortunately it went up in the air. Um, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, rugs, caused the interception, but I also wouldn't say, oh, Carr shouldn't have thrown it. No, uh, it was the right throw. Ruggs just dropped it, and unfortunately, it just went in the air. So, I'm not going to, you know, uh, scream and shout about that interception. Uh, You know, luckily, it didn't really uh, affect us in the long run, I guess you could say. Um, But, You know, the turnovers, we only had two turnovers, um, and it was a big fumble on Ruggs again. Ruggs had a rough game. I mean, he ended with three catches and that big touchdown. We all know about that uh, as Raider fans, but as far as the entirety of the game, Henry Ruggs had a rough, rough going this week. It was so, so unfortunate to watch. I really want to see rugs just absolutely thrive and unfortunately right now um he's kind of slow in his process uh getting into the nfl you know we kind of it, it, it's a little disheartening because we see like justin jefferson doing really well for the vikings we see t higgins doing really well for the Bengals. now n- maybe not as much just because burrow is not the quarterback over the Bengals, but it's another story um you know you see um jerry judy who uh you know Myself and and Cody, uh, both were really wanting Judy over Ruggs, um, we're not angry that we have Ruggs, uh, obviously he's super fast, uh, he has, he has incredible speed, but, uh, for the most part, um, you know, it hasn't been a great season. I think he's still learning the game, but this is this is different times. You know, obviously with COVID and, and really no off season, it's really hard for Carr and Ruggs to get on the same page. And and you can make the argument too. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, he was put in place in Minnesota because they let go of uh, Stephon Diggs. I mean, who's the other receiver that you would you would say other than Thielen, of course. That you would say, um, you know, was going to step up. I wouldn't, you know, one really. I mean, the Bengals, they have a flurry of receivers, kind of. I mean, you could say AJ Green, but he hasn't had a great year. Tyler Boyd has has done a great job over there, and then T Higgins is the other guy who's really thrived for the Bengals. So, um, you know, he's the second guy. When you look at, you know, Jerry Judy, he's pretty much the guy because Cortland Sutton went out uh, went out for the whole year so um, you know Jerry Judy has had to step up now with Henry Ruggs it's a different story Uh, yes Tyrell Williams did go down but we went and got Nelson Aguilar we still had Hunter Renfro Uh, Darren Waller obviously the beast that he is Um, you know we have so you look at Henry Ruggs he's got a lot in front of him other receivers that Carr can go to that he can rely on so when you when people look at rugs and especially us raider fans can we just slow our roll for just a few moments like let's take a let's step back and let's actually take a look at what's going on that's the problem that we have um on raider raider twitter drives me absolutely up the freaking wall It is so ridiculous most of the time because all we do is complain. And it's just like, dude, just take a step back and actually assess what's going on. And what I mean by that is simply this. If you really look at it and we complain about, oh, well, we should have went after Judy. Judy has had to step up. And honestly, he hasn't had the best of years. Jerry Judy is not a top receiver. And you can make the argument, well, he doesn't have that great of a quarterback, um, but he's still still making plays when he needs to. Okay, I mean, let's just, for argument's sake, I'm just going to um, bypass all that. But for the most part, I mean, if you look at it from his receiving standpoint, uh, you know, Jerry Judy, week one, four catches. Week two, four catches. Week three, five. Uh, week four, two. Week six, two. Week seven, two. Week eight, four. Week nine, big number, seven. Uh, week ten, four. Week eleven, three. Week twelve, zero. Week thirteen, last week, one. So, Jerry Judy hasn't really had that great of a year. If you have him in fantasy and you thought he was gonna do well, he hasn't. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Jerry Judy has not been fantastic. So we talk about, us as Raider fans, we talk about Henry Ruggs and how he hasn't had that great a year. It's only because the guys ahead of him are more um experienced in this league. So... You know, let's let us give Henry Ruggs the benefit of the doubt. He's not a bust. He just has a lot in front of him. And it's a COVID year. He hasn't had to step up. He's been able to sit back and learn from his receivers. And that has been the benefit, honestly, for the Raiders. Um, and, you know... It, we don't have to rely on a rookie to do everything. But we also do see the effects of Henry Ruggs. And that's what's funny too, is we complain about, oh, Henry Ruggs, he's a bust, you know, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't done much, you know, especially in this game, you know, he had a rough game. There's no question. But let's be perfectly honest here. Henry Ruggs, when he's out on the field, defenses have to scheme for that. They have to know that hey, he could get the ball at any time. They might hand him the ball, they might throw a little quick wide receiver screen, a little uh drive route, uh a little flat route. I mean, he might run a little like 5-yard curl. Whatever it may be, he is quick. He might run a a just a, a pin your ears back streak. And we have to be prepared for that because he's so fast. And you saw it on the last play. So I'm going to go from negative to positive, And I'm going to talk about that play because the positive being Henry Ruggs dropped a pass that ended up turning into an interception. He then fumbled the football on an important third down at the time and gave the ball back to the Jets and they ended up scoring. Um, and now... You have, uh, I believe it was uh, nine seconds, I want to guess. I think it was a little more than that. I think we had 11 seconds. I don't have it in front of me, so I'm sorry. Um, but we had not a lot of time, no timeouts, and what do they run? We, we know that Greg Williams – and I think – as a Raider I know for me, I was thinking, I know that most people want you to go back into zone, into pre event defense, but Greg Williams, we know, is a guy who loves to blitz. If you watch Monday Night Football, um, if you watch Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night, if you watch any game that Greg Williams has been a coach or been a part of the coaching staff, you know that they talk about at least once in that game that Greg Williams loves to blitz. That is his thing. And so you knew that he was going to dial up a blitz, and he blitzed the 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 down before the throw that Carr uh, made over to Aguilar, but he overthrew it. And uh, just a little side note, Carr and Aguilar just were not on the same page in in last week's game. I mean, Aguilar was open a couple of times, and Carr missed him both times, um, you know, obviously the one where he threw off his back foot and threw it way short to Aguilar, and he had to dive for it and missed it. And then the play before the rugs play, he just overthrew him, and Aguilar had everyone beat, and it was just so frustrating that he missed that pass. So they set up that play, but they blitzed on that play, and it put pressure on Carr. So if you're, if you're sitting back going, why did Greg Williams do an all-out blitz that was so dumb? It's because the play before, it worked so well. And he trusts his guys, and as he should. As a defensive coordinator, you should be able to trust your guys. And he does. So he trusts his guys to keep rugs in front of them. And what did he do? He bit on the fake. That is not on Craig Williams. That is on that cornerback who got burnt. And it, once rugs made that move and that cornerback committed it was over, and Carr was still, he was still blitzed, the reason he threw it kind of weird, I mean, he had a jump pass, basically, over to Henry Ruggs, luckily, and awesomely, it was a perfect, accurate pass to Henry Ruggs, Ruggs right in the breadbasket, made the catch, and uh, the rest was history, obviously, touchdown, and, and that ended the game, and that was, it was an exciting way to win, but it's a, it's one of those wins that, we felt as Raider nation, we felt a lot better about the loss to the Kansas city chiefs a couple of weeks ago than we did winning against the New York jets. And, and, and it obviously makes sense. I, I don't think anyone's sitting back going, well, why is that? Why did we, I think we all understand. Um, it was, um, something that we should have, we should have beat the jets team by at least 10 points and we barely beat them by three in the last few seconds. um, so we need to work on that. Obviously, the defense really did not help us out, and our run game was really down. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway for me in this game was the last two weeks, the offensive line has done a, excuse my French, but has done a piss poor job of blocking for Derek Carr. And you could, if you're a Derek, uh, I've said this before, and I think I'm going to say it more and more. <laughs> You, if you're a Derek Carr hater, I'm not going to change your mind. If you're a Derek Carr, uh, I guess lover, um, like myself, um, you know, you're not going to change my mind. It's just, it's kind of the reality of being a Raiders fan and uh, Derek Carr is our quarterback. You just, you're not going to change anyone's mind. But here's my thought on this: Derek Carr threw. Uh, amazingly, by the way, I just want to add, threw 47 times, uh, had 381 uh, passing yards, had three touchdowns. Three. Two of them were to Darren Waller. He threw it 13 times to Darren Waller. or uh, Darren Waller had 13 catches, and he had two touchdowns, and had 200 yards. What other tight end is doing that? Huh? I know Travis Kelsey could, could do that. Okay, Let, let's... We can fight about that all you want, but it's true. And um and Henry Ruggs actually had eighty-four receiving yards, which kind of surprised me. But obviously on that big 46 yarder that that they had at the end of the game, that was a lot of it. But Darren Waller was the go-to guy, and it was it was obvious. It was absolutely obvious that that Waller was the go-to guy all game long. But the the Jets couldn't stop it and Carr was still getting the ball to him. So as we wanted to complain about, oh, we didn't throw the ball to, to Waller when it was against the Patriots, hey, here's an idea. Since then, Waller has had a great, great year. Here's an idea. Maybe that Patriots defense was really keying in on uh, Darren Waller, and maybe Carr really physically could not throw it to Waller in that game. I mean, it's just a thought. Might be crazy, I don't know i i I'm sorry if that offends you, but the reality is guys we can we can dump on Derek Carr all you want, but reality is Derek Carr couldn't make couldn't force it to Darren Waller all the time in this game. it just so happens that darren- uh, uh the Waller was open a lot, and Carr got it to him a lot so I mean, I know it seems crazy that, you know, sometimes people can double Waller and Carr can't get him the ball all the time, but that's that's kind of what happens in football. And you know, Bill Belichick, oh man, he I, I think he has like a bunch of Super Bowls. I don't know. You might want to check that. I I'm not sure. But you know, he's kind of known for his defense, I think. And he's always had really good defenses, so maybe he kind of knows how to coach defense and how to double uh, the offense's best weapon. I don't know. Again, call me crazy, but uh, that's just kind of my thought. <laughs> As you can see, I'm being very sarcastic, but it's true. I mean, you go on Raider Twitter. And if you don't believe me, go on Raiders Twitter and just look at all the ignorant crap that is on there about how bad Derek Carr is. And let's be honest, he's not bad. After this game, I think Derek Carr should be con- still considered uh, an MVP candidate. Yep, call me crazy. I know I'm a homer. Uh, you know Derek Carr. Obviously, we talk about Fresno State football. He's from Fresno State. I'm in love with uh, in-, in love with him. You know, whatever fine print it I don't care you know tell the whole world but let's be honest here Derek Carr has had the best year of his career this year there's no denying it he had one bad game and that was against the Falcons and yes we could make an argument the Falcons weren't that great of a defense correct you're absolutely a hundred percent correct but the fact of the matter is the Falcons were playing better once we saw them versus the first few games that they had until they fired their head coach. Go look it up. I mean, look at how they're gonna um, how they're gonna play their game this week. So, anyway, um, so that is my thought on the Jets game. Let's go into we have the Colts coming up, and this is going to be a big game. Uh, our defense did struggle a lot against the run. Good news for uh, for our run defense, though. Jonathan Abram, it looks like he is he is going he's at least on track to uh, to start. Um, so that is good. Uh, looks like Jonathan Abram is going to be coming back. It looks like Josh Jacobs should be back, but there is a potential that he may not. So if you're a fantasy uh, football uh, player, you definitely want to keep an eye on Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, make sure that he is going to play because if not, it's going to be Devontae Booker. He's got a back injury, so that is something to watch as well. I th- Booker will play, but how effective he's going to be, that is going to remain to be seen. It looks like also Trent Brown is going to be playing as well, which is huge. That is huge for our offensive line. Um, I know there's a ton of Raider fans who are just so uh so done <laughs> with uh Trent Brown and it, to me it kind of makes zero sense because yes we're paying him a lot of money but listen injuries happen let's not sh- let's not you know dump all over the guy and and say he's he's the worst signing that we've ever had let's let's pump the brakes on that when he's out there he is a big time difference maker and i think that is the frustration with Raider Nation with Trent Brown but let's encourage the guy let's get him let's 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 let him know that we want him out there. Um, and um, I feel like uh, Raiders Twitter has gotten has slowed their role on that a little bit and have definitely been rooting for, uh, for him to come back. So um, the Colts, we are looking at actually a familiar foe in Phillip Rivers. Now Phillip Rivers is probably going to throw the daylights out of the football in this game. Why, you say? Because he knows this Raider defense. Uh, last year, he threw the ball a lot, and he was very successful. The only thing is he threw some major interceptions, and that was his ultimate um, demise, if you will. Um, so, But the thing is, is, Rivers has a lot of unique weapons here, and T.Y. Hilton kind of showed up last week. And I'm a little nervous about that because T.Y. Hilton is a guy who can burn us. Uh, Michael Pittman is a uh, possession receiver. He is a guy who, uh, when he's going to get, I think he's going to get at least uh, five catches in this game. I like Trey Burton a lot. They didn't go to him uh, hardly at all last week. And I think uh, they're going to try and, uh, you know, go to him a little bit more this week. So watch out for him. So, needless to say, we're getting Jonathan Abram back, which is good uh, for our run defense. For our pass defense, Abram is going to have to show up in the pass defense. Um, You know, as much as he wants to blitz, as much as he wants to hit the quarterback or the running back, uh, or, you know, lay these big hits on whoever, um, he is going to have to play a lot smarter in coverage. And I think that is going to be something we definitely need to watch out for. Um, and if you're a Jonathan Abram fam, I am as well. I, I want him to succeed, but, uh, he drives me absolutely nuts. Um, you know, and let's be honest. I know we're looking at the Colts going, you know, they're not as good as, as we think they're going to be, you know, they're the record. Yeah. is eight and four, but they look very like a beatable eight and four. Um, but. They are actually 11th in the NFL in passing yards per game. We are 17th. And we have been saying that, you know, Derek Carr um, has been an MVP candidate, but that's because our run offense is 10th in the NFL. Their run offense is 21st. So that's the difference that you see. But this is a very good passing offense nonetheless. But the one thing that you should know about the Colts, their defense. If you have not seen them, They are absolutely phenomenal. They are 10th in uh, points allowed per game. Uh, They are 5th in yards per game. They are 8th against the pass and 7th against the rush. So this is a very, very tough defense. And what this tells me is we need Josh Jacobs to get going. We need, we need the, the Jacobs Booker duo to really start working well together. We need that offensive line to really hold firm. DeForest Buckner is a beast in that middle of, of the uh, defense. And if we can get him off, you know, and we can run the ball away from him where he's going to have to make a spectacular play or nothing at all, then we're going to live with that. Um, you know, uh, uh, Darius Leonard, he is a guy who is very tough. He is absolutely one of the toughest runners. Um, I think you could, uh, or, sorry, toughest runner, excuse me. He's one of the toughest linebackers, uh, in the game. He's very smart. He plays, he can tackle real well. I mean, he plays with his mind not his athletic ability and that is a big difference. Um so that is going to be scary. So Carr luckily has experience. Um so and, and obviously uh Rodney Hudson being on his side as well, that definitely helps. So you know, both of these guys are going to uh have to read Leonard and Buckner. They're going to have to know where they're at at all times as I'm sure they will, but, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Definitely going to be very interesting. Um, You know, I'm really looking forward. I I mean, normally I'm always looking forward to a Raiders game, but I'm looking forward to um, seeing the Raiders' offense against the Colts' defense, what they're going to do. We know Phillip Rivers, so that also is going to add to what we can do uh, defensively. So I I think we're going to have a decent game, but that offensive line for the Colts is really good. Um, you know, if we can make, uh, Rivers turn the ball over, even once it gets in his head and he does force a lot of things. So, uh, look for, uh, Trayvon Mullen to have a good game. Hopefully our neck uh, will be coming back. It's not looking great, but you know, who knows he might end up coming back anyway. Um, and then, um, you know, hopefully Isaiah Johnson will come back, Nevin Lawson, all those guys. Uh, we need our secondary to uh, to be as healthy as we possibly could. The other issue that we do have, I forgot to say, Jeff Heath, uh, he has a concussion. Uh, it's not clear if he is going to be uh, ready for this game. So that is going to be a huge hit in our uh, pass coverage defense. So something to watch if uh, you are uh, ready for this game. I think this is one of the games of the week. I know uh, it's easy for me to say that because I am a Raiders fan, but I do think that this means a lot. This game does because the Colts, yes, they are their division leader, but um, this will really tell if the Raiders are, if their playoff hopes are still really good or if we're going to have another type of year like we did last year where we started off really strong and kind of tailed off at the end. So uh, Raider Nation hoping that we get that win. All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm going to uh, pause for a second, give you guys your uh, a little break here. And when you come back, we are going to be talking about uh, Fresno State football, maybe a little bit sprinkle of uh, San Francisco Giants baseball, uh so I'm looking forward to talking about all that. So let's uh take a break and we'll be back. Alright guys. Well welcome back. Uh yeah, again I am doing this episode uh Han style, that's right, solo. Um I know I've made that joke already, but I think it's funny and I'm gonna keep using it until I don't think it's funny. So and if you uh wondering when that's gonna be, ask my wife. It never will end so anyway um i wanted to talk a little bit about fresno state football the last couple of weeks uh fresno state football has had the uh, COVID issues obviously the contact tracing issue uh so the last two weeks we've had our game canceled luckily this week we did have a game against nevada in nevada in reno um and uh i was really excited about this game because nevada's had a really nice year they uh coming into the game they were 5 and 1 um and we had just had a couple of big wins and so we were coming into this as 3 and 1 so uh you know pretty pretty evenly matched um i thought our offense our offense is is really good um our defense has been uh Has allowed a lot of big plays, and I think that was ultimately our demise. Um, You know, Tory Horton for uh, Nevada had five catches, 148 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Carson Strong, the quarterback for the Wolfpack, had uh, 354 yards, five passing touchdowns. Uh, We had uh, Jake Hayner, obviously, who threw 65 times. Okay, we had Paul Leffler, Voice of the Bulldogs, on our podcast talking about Jake Kaner and how he, this kid could sling it. Boy, did he sling it last week. He had 65 throws, uh, 41 were complete, 485 passing yards, three total touchdowns. That was one rushing touchdown and two throwing uh, uh Carrick Wheatfield was the big uh, receiver in that game. He had six catches, 113 yards, and caught a touchdown. So um, for Fresno State's, for the Fresno State look, it was huge in the passing game. Jake Hayner was phenomenal. A QBR of 135.9. That is absolutely ridiculous in college, in the NFL, obviously. In college, you pretty much want, if you're a good quarterback, you're going to be... Uh, pretty much over. Um, if you're if you're one of the guys who's gonna go in the NFL, you want to be over 110, pretty much most of your uh, college career. And uh, Hayner is starting to get that way, but uh, we'll talk about that another day. Um, Ronnie Rivers. He had a somewhat rough he, he really couldn't get going. He was averaging 4.9 yards per carry, uh which is good, he only had 14 carries though. Uh Hayner ran 11 times for 17 yards and he had that one touchdown. Um Ronnie Rivers only had 69 rushing yards, no touchdowns. He is what gets this offense going uh obviously when we need jay canard to throw 65 times he showed that he's good at it he can do it um but uh we don't want him doing that because ronnie rivers is the senior guy he's the guy who um has been in some big games already he's he he knows um how to find the holes he's gonna be an nfl guy uh no question in my mind so Um, Ronnie Rivers is a guy that we need to rely on, but we kind of fell behind, um, not quickly, but we, we did fall behind. I mean, the first quarter, uh, Nevada had the ball first and they, they kick a field goal. Uh, then we got the ball next, got a touchdown. Um, and then the next score was, uh, Nevada, uh, getting a touchdown after a Fresno state fumble. Uh, Then we got the ball back and punted it back to Nevada, and they got another touchdown before the third quarter quarter ended. So right off the bat in the first quarter we were down seventeen to seven. So right there you're not running as much, you know. You see yourself kind of starting to slip away a little bit. Luckily we came back, got a touchdown. Then they got a touchdown right back. So you can see we were kind of we were kind of going back and forth. Um, You know, towards the uh, the end of the half we got a touchdown. And uh, they they got the ball back but had to punt it and uh, ended the first half 24-20. So we were still in the game. Uh, The third quarter, there was a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) That's pretty much what it was. Uh, There was no scores in that. It was uh, punt, punt, fumble, fumble, uh, turnover on downs by Fresno State, and then an interception by Nevada. And then fourth quarter, we had another turnover on downs, uh, gave the ball right back to Nevada. They scored a touchdown. They're up 30-20. Um, you know, then, uh, you know, another interception, we get the ball back, turn over on downs. It, it it was a hot mess for us. We, we lost in the fourth quarter. Our defense really didn't do that great of a job, uh, towards the end. You could argue that they were on the field a lot in the, uh, third and fourth quarter. Um, so it was a little unfortunate, but, um, you know, good news here was Fresno State's passing game looked really good. Uh, you know, Wheatfall, as I told you, had a really big game. But also Jalen Cropper again, uh, basically two weeks in a row. He had a huge game uh, in their win. Um, uh, man, I can't think of the team that we played. Um I believe – I want to say UNLV. I'm totally blanking right now. I'm so sorry. But – um Cropper, another day, he had seven catches, 107 yards uh, in today in, in today's game, <laughs> last week's game. So, uh, good news there. Our running game really didn't do well. And then, obviously, um, our defense towards the end really did end up getting really tired. We actually had the time of possession. I mean, if you look at the numbers, uh, we won time of possession by almost, well, yeah, by 11 minutes. Um, you know, we had the similar... Uh, total drives. Uh, we had way more plays than they did. Um, we had more total yards than they did. Yards per play, they had that in their bag. Um, you know, they only threw the ball 39 times, so, I mean, that's something. But what they did with those 39, uh, 39 throws was get five touchdowns out of them. I mean, that's that's huge. Um, and then, obviously, they turned the ball over... Actually, more than we did. We we had two fumble lost, and they had two picks and a fumble lost. Um, but the rushing game still didn't even beat us. We had a better rushing game. So on paper, if you just look at that, Fresno State should have won that game. But uh, they were much more efficient. And what I mean by that is they got in the end zone way more than we did, obviously. Um, but uh, that's what happens. I mean, if you, you have to get in the end zone. If you don't... Um, you lose the game. So, unfortunately, Fresno State fell in this game. You could also argue that they didn't get a lot of time practicing because of the whole uh, COVID contact uh, tracing and, and how big that is. Um, but now we have a big game against New Mexico. Um, this game is going to be on FS1. This is a game that we should win. Uh, they are 1-5. Um, obviously, we are 3-2. and two. Jake Hayner. Has been phenomenal. They have a, uh, a not so experienced quarterback in Hall. Um, he has thrown only 518 yards, and he has three tu- uh, sorry three interceptions, no touchdowns. Jake Hayner on the other side has uh, over 1600 yards, almost 1700. He has 11 throwing touchdowns and only four picks. So he definitely is a guy who um, who is is having a better year than, than New Mexico. New Mexico uh, has a has a pretty good running back, um, decent receivers. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's not... New Mexico is not uh, the greatest team, but this is one of those trap games where we felt good that we could have beat Nevada. Unfortunately, we didn't. So they're going to go against New Mexico on a big stage. They're going to be super excited. They might play down to their... Uh, Competition and they really cannot afford that right now. I think, uh, Fresno State to see what they have, like we said, um, you know, there's, there's no chance for Fresno State to go into any kind of playoff or even top 25, probably, uh, especially with two losses now. Um, but, um, Let's see what you have. Let's see what Hayner can do under uh, after a loss. Let's see what Ronnie Rivers uh, can do. If he can, uh, you know, tally uh, a ton of yards. You know, I'm hoping that he gets over 150 rushing yards in this game, and I think he can against this New Mexico team. Nothing to take away from New Mexico. I don't want to, you know, poo-poo all over New Mexico, but Fresno State has defeated New Mexico in seven straight get-togethers. So, uh, Fresno State, this is one of those games that you could really get back on track, uh, against a team that you should beat. Now, will you beat them? That is always the question. You can never, uh, guarantee a win. Um, so, you know, we definitely do need to watch out for the trap game there, as we've seen with the Raiders before. Uh, one more thing I did want to bring up, uh, for, uh, Fresno State football Ryan Grubb. He is a, um, uh, he is a offensive coordinator for uh Fresno State football. Uh he was named uh Royals Award nominee. Now, uh he is um it's for the 2020 obviously award which honors the college football's top assistant coaches and he is a nominee for that. Uh he is definitely well deserved. I mean, if you look at this offense from last year to this year, it is a complete 180. Um, you know, Reyna last year was the Fresno State quarterback and, uh, he struggled and in making the big passing plays, uh, he didn't have the strongest arm. Uh, he was more, you know, the precise thrower, uh, you know, dump it off here and there. He didn't try and go for the long ball a lot. Hayner has a huge arm, um, you know, not, not taking anything away from, uh, from Raina, but, uh, Hayner is definitely, um, a quarterback, quarterback. You know, he's one of those guys that uh, you can rely on at any time. So, and what Ryan Grubb has done with this offense has uh, highlighted the the top players. I mean, he's highlighted Wheatfall. We, he's highlighted Cropper. Um, even Kelly, the the freshman uh, that we have in the receiving core, and then obviously he he hasn't gone away from Ronnie Rivers. I mean, why would you? That's that's idiotic. Uh, and then he's shown what Jake Hayner can do. So Ryan Grubb has had a phenomenal year. I think we also need to give it up for Kalen DeBoer, though the head coach of the Bulldogs. Uh, he has done a phenomenal job um, with this team in this COVID era. Um, and as as Paul had had said on this podcast, um, he is a guy who goes and gets local talent. He is a smart guy. And we see, yes, Indiana is having a great year, but he was also there last year, and they were starting to kind of get their wheels going. So uh, with Kalen DeBoer now being the head coach uh, here, uh, you can kind of see the things that he has done over in Indiana be successful. And now he's coming over to Fresno State. You already see it. Ryan Grab obviously a huge Huge reason why Fresno State is looking very, very good. Um, and you could argue, you know, very good. Are you being serious, Andrew? Like, you really think they're being very good? I think they are very good. I really do. Um, you know, <clears throat> are they what I thought they were going to be? No, I thought they would be better. I thought we would definitely beat um, uh, Nevada. I really did. I thought we were going to beat Hawaii for sure. But, um, you know we missed the games against San Diego State to really see how we you know how we were going to grow uh and obviously with this covid thing you could make a case that the Hawaii game we didn't have a lot of practice and then with uh with this Nevada game we didn't really have practice the only thing you could really say was we were all fresh that was that was the that was a good thing no one was tired uh except for the defense <laughs> so uh here I am making excuses All right, guys, I am so close to being done. I promise you I will stop talking in just a short second. (laughs) But I did want to talk about this. The San Francisco Giants, uh, they signed Matt Wisler uh, uh, to a one-year deal, um, which is worth $1.15 million contract. Uh, He comes from the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he had a career year this year. I mean, obviously it was a short year, but he recorded an ERA of 1.07 with 35 strikeouts in 25 and a third innings pitch. So he's averaging at least two strikeouts per inning. Uh, that is huge. That is something that, uh, we couldn't rely on anyone in our, uh, in our bullpen last year. It seemed like, uh, it seemed like we were going through a ton of guys, um, Matt Weisler is is a good picture. He was on a good Twins team, so that you know uh, that could definitely, of course, help. But uh, Weisler coming over, uh, helping out our bullpen anyway and in every way that we need it to, um, is is a big thing. And uh, so I'm very very pleased with that signing. Uh, obviously that's not going to get us over the hump. Um, you know, we do need to go after a little bit more, but I did want to bring that up because I think that is a great, if you're, if you are a Giants fan and you see that they sign Wisler, you shouldn't be like, huh, who, what? You shouldn't be very happy, um, that, um, the Giants went after someone who has a really good arm. Uh, and who's a bullpen guy? So this is a great signing. The Giants always go after one of these bullpen guys, and sometimes it's a really hit and miss. I think this is an absolute home run uh, signing for them, and uh, he can definitely, definitely help us out uh, anyway and every way that we that we need. So um, kudos to the Giants. I think that's a great signing. Um, I you know I tweeted it on the uh, Drew Code Twitter uh, about it basically just an emoji. So uh, if you weren't sure about what I had tweeted, it's really uh, nothing uh, to scream about. (laughs) But anyway, so uh, I appreciate everyone uh, listening to this. Um, Again, very sorry that uh, Cody is not here this week. Uh, Sorry you had to only listen to me, but uh, hey, I love doing it. So, you know, I'm not going to say sorry for it, but uh, we'll hopefully Cody will make it next week. If not, it will be me again. Um, but, uh, like I said, keep your prayers, meditation, uh, just good vibes, whatever it is, uh, send them to, uh, Cody's way. I know he will definitely appreciate it. So, uh thank you guys so much for listening sorry i ramble on but you know i feel very strongly about all this and, and to be honest that's why i always ramble is because i feel very passionately um the only guy i actually get to uh vent to is uh is cody and uh brad who has been on the podcast before so um you know when i don't get that outlet i i let it out on here and uh, it's always uh, always fun to to do so, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate if you listen from start to finish all the way through. Man, you are my favorite person because <laughs> I really appreciate that. Um I know my voice isn't always the uh, the best voice. So. Anyway, uh, enough of that uh enough of that sentimental crap. <laughs> um, but I uh, just want to say, uh, go check us out on uh, all the social media sites. We have a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also YouTube. Uh, go like our page, comment, also subscribe on YouTube, uh, like our videos, watch our videos, comment on our videos, uh, send us questions. You know, I want to hear your questions. Uh, you know, probably the best way is, uh, you know, Twitter or uh, Instagram, we will answer all those, um, you know, Cody does a great job on Instagram. I try and, and cover Twitter as much as I can, but you know, working and, and, and watching children all day, it makes it a little bit harder to tweet as much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I need to be better about uh, tweeting during Fresno State games and, and Raiders games, but I get so into it, it, it's hard for me. So, uh, you know, and when I'm really pissed off, I don't want to send anything bad, I don't want to be that negative person on Twitter. So. Uh, you know, uh, maybe just bear with me here. Uh, also, go check out um, our uh, website, which is Uh If you need to figure out where all of our social media sites are, if you don't know, you know, where we're at, you can go check on there. You can go directly uh, from our website to our social media pages. So, uh, you know, that is definitely a way also, uh, all of our podcasts are uploaded on, uh, on the website, but also we are on all the major, uh, podcast website, that being, uh, Apple podcast, Google podcast, uh, iHeart, and Spotify. So go check all those out, uh, rate and review on any of those and also subscribe, uh, rate and review on those. Anything and everything does help. We want to get better. So if it's a one star, just let us know how we can get better. If it's a five star, let us know what we're doing right. And uh, we want to continue uh, uh, giving you all that content for sure. Um, go check out FNXFitness.com. They got great, great uh, workout gear, workout supplements. Uh, Cody and I, we when we go on there, we go all out. So <laughs> we try not to buy as much, but... It is a great website. Uh, they do sell out on a lot of their stuff, so please keep that in mind. Uh, you know, uh, if you want, if you're wanting something for uh, whatever it is, your workouts in the morning, at night, you know, whatever it is, if you just want to wear workout clothes, uh, they got some great stuff there. So go check it out, but make sure you do it quick because they, like I said, they do sell out really quickly. Um, we can actually get you 15% off. Go to our website. Uh, you will see a uh, a part in the um, in the website where it says partners. Go click on that, and it will tell you how to. Uh, it'll show you the link for FNX Fitness and uh, how you can get fifteen percent off. So definitely go check that out. And uh, you know, obviously with COVID, things uh, prices have gone up. So you know, fifteen percent off it may not seem a lot, but like when you buy something that's a hundred bucks eating them 15% off is going to be a lot nicer than spending a hundred bucks. So go do that quickly. Um, Also, you know, I have a uh, blog, a one giant step blog. Uh, It is strictly a San Francisco giants blog where I talk everything and anything about the San Francisco giants. The reason I brought up the Matt Weiser signing is I was thinking about writing that, but um, I figured it would be better on the podcast. It's not that it's not a lot to talk about. Um, it's just I feel like it's a great signing, um, so I wasn't gonna write about that. Hopefully the Giants will go after some big names like a Trevor Bauer or uh, a Marcel Ozuna or, or someone like that, uh, and then I will definitely probably write about that. <laughs> but uh, you know, Matt Weiser. Although it's a great signing, it's a need that we fill uh, it's not the most, uh, you know, exciting to write about. And, uh, when I have a podcast, it's a lot easier just to talk about that on the pod. So go check it out, guys. It's a real easy read. It'll take you literally like no longer than five minutes if you're a slow reader. Um, and don't feel bad if you are a slow reader. Like I said, it's only five minutes. What's the harm in reading it? So, uh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Um, Hopefully, Cody will be back next week. If not, I will try and do my best to uh, um, you know, give you all the content that you guys are here for. So thank you very much, everyone, and I uh, look forward to talking to you next week.